Hello, my name is Tanai and I'm a women's intimacy and empowerment coach. For years, I tried to heal what I thought was commitment phobia and I realized that there's actually no such thing. This podcast is an opportunity to have conversations about what gets in the way of us creating real intimacy and how can we have more deep and vulnerable connections in our relationships. This is Commitment Phobe. Hello, hello. Hello. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that works. works. Yep. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Just turn it off. Just yeah. unplug it. <laughs> exactly. Put the answer always. Oh gosh. It's always a simple thing that fixes it, right? Never never too complicated. Just restart the computer. I feel like us 80s and 90s babies know that, right? Just restart the computer. <laughs> like hit it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back. Today, I have Mary Haberski, who is currently my tarot reader. I've had some really beautiful sessions with her. She's been a guest teacher in my program. And the way that I met her is through a WhatsApp group that she started here in Mexico City that's been just a game changer for anyone who works in the wellness, personal development, spiritual, conscious space. Um, yeah, she created a community on WhatsApp where people get to promote their services and um, and their offerings. And it's it's really just connected everyone here in such a beautiful way. Like, I don't know what I don't know what I would have done without her because I rely on this group, you know, to meet new people and to find services and people to support me while I'm here. So super grateful to you, Mary, and welcome on the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. And thank you for being a valuable part of the community. I hope that it's benefiting you. And it sounds like it is. So <laughs> ah, yes, <Good>. it so is. <laughs> so the reason why I brought Mary on to speak is because um, something that she loves to talk about is relationships and um, what's it called polarity dynamics. And, and what I loved um, that she spoke about and has been talking about it, you know, in my readings is that when I ask them about specific people that are in my life that I'm dating, or when I ask about my dating life, she frames it as like, these people are in your life for this reason. And, and I love that there's always this like therapeutic aspect, like your soul is going to learn this with this person. Um, this is why you're calling in these kinds of people right now. This is what life is inviting you to do. And it's not how most people view life in general or their relationships. We don't usually see people as teachers who are here to help us on our journey. And I think it's, I think it's time for all of us to start seeing it th that way and kind of surrender to that and, and learn how to see it that way. So I've, I brought her on to talk about this and for her to share even more of her wisdom that I haven't heard yet. So again, welcome Mary. And why don't we start with just learning about you a little bit? Tell us how you came to do what you do today. Oh, well, thank you. Um, I'm glad that the readings are have been so helpful too. I love doing them. It's one of my favorite things. So I would have to say that I was born a, a natural born healer. I, ever since I was really young, um, some of my earliest memories are definitely sensing different energies and spaces and like kind of seeing things before they would happen and really having a deep connection with the area, the woods and the nature that I was surrounded in. So 
I have a very interesting story. I won't go into the whole thing, but I grew up in like a legitimate like ghetto area, like metal detectors in the schools, lots of gang violence, lots of, um, yeah, just, I mean, like low to, to mid-class, you know, people in the, in the um, city. And I had the solace of nature surrounding me. And I was always really deeply connected to that. It's like burning spell candles in the trees in the woods and like running around naked in the rain and like, like born, born this way, you know, like it's really, really an interesting thing. And um, when I was 14, that's when I got my first set of Oracle cards and I was just really obsessed, obsessed with everything to do with the occult and witchcraft. And I have a really Catholic family and none of that ever resonated with me from a very, very young age. Um, I also recall doing like a lot of stretching and yoga poses before, I mean, like nobody taught me these things, you know, I naturally babies do that kind of stuff. But as I was, you know, a child, I was also doing those things too. And I, I basically started my yoga practice when I was 18. Um, and the short story is, is that, you know, I dealt with basically every type of abuse you could imagine. So physical, emotional, sexual, um, mental abuse um, throughout my life. And I found my yoga practice, but it wasn't a straight and narrow um, journey in my healing. I definitely, I had eating disorders, self-harm, uh, suicidal ide ideations. I was really a mess, you know, I was a horrible mess in relationships, uh, abusive relationships, like basically everything you could consider like something like messed up for a person to go through, you know, or like kind of behavioral patterns, addictive patterns, like having sex with a lot of random people and also, you know, drinking really heavily all the time in my twenties. Um, it, it's really like a, a miracle. I don't know. Like, I feel like if I could do it, anybody could do it because I was such a mess in so many areas of my life. And I really, I, I, when I was in my early twenties is when I started getting more involved in a yoga practice. And I was, would have considered myself atheist and I just didn't really believe in much. Um, and I, to be honest, I was very lost at that point in my life. And I wanted to nothing more than to be a yoga teacher. And I just never thought I could do it. And I wasn't good enough at it or whatever, all the stories that everybody says about themselves. And fast forward, as I was still, you know, working through all of that, um, limiting beliefs, I eventually uh, moved myself to Los Angeles and went to India shortly after to do my first yoga teacher certification. Because what happened to me in that process, in a major, my, like my first major, major awakening, I was probably like 23, was really that I started to feel not who God is, but what God is. And it like took, I, I mean, I would just be weeping, you know, that feeling of like, oh my God, like there's so much more. I'm so much more. This life is so much more. And that just my yoga practice and my yoga teaching Wow. I've done a number of different trainings, multiple modalities. I've been working with people from all around the world of all walks of life, from like children in orphanages to like celebrities and high profile people, like really the full gamut and did really everything you could imagine that a yoga teacher would do um, within that, that career path. So that kind of started to fade off over the past few years because I, I really needed to re-identify myself. Like 
I started to have like another, maybe it was like, I don't know, like another awakening or a, I think I don't like calling it a midlife crisis. Cause I think I'd rather say a third of a life crisis. I think I'll live, <laughs> live longer uh, yeah. than like, you know, 80. <laughs> I have very like longevity genes in my family, but um, basically I moved to Mexico and I let go of all of my belongings, my whole community, everything that I had built over a nine-year period in Los Angeles is a nonprofit organization uh, with a 501c3. And I just started to, to, I just let it all go so that I could gain it all. And I, I needed, I knew that something else deeper was calling, but I didn't know what that thing was. I couldn't really explain to my friends and my family why I had to leave, but I had to, and I've had these nudges before um, more than once in life. And I just, I'm the type of person who, when I feel like I need to do something, it's the intuition. I do it. I figure it out as I go. I, I'm not that big of a planner. And as far as stuff like that goes, and that kind of led me to, you know, I had a suitcase, a carry-on, and two surfboards. And I was like, all right, if I'm not the yoga teacher, not the nonprofit CEO, like, who am I? Who, who is Mary Haversky if, that, if I'm not these things? You know, those things are beautiful, but I created an identity. And I needed to figure out a little bit more of, like, what the essence of my soul was and why I was actually doing the things that I was doing. So that was a long journey of really of self-discovery. And I did some spiritual coaching. I did, I had like a total burnout moment. And now here we are <laughs> into now where I'm feeling better mm. again because I rested and I'm integrating more rest. And I'm really focusing mostly on the tarot. And then I have like a new company that I'm starting up, which is a product line based on all the stuff that I've been doing for the past decade as my in my career of spiritual and personal development. So I've been through a lot of different, you know, uh, phases and and different ways of being, but all within the same kind of realm. So right now I'm I'm basically like, I came to figure out at the end of the day, like, well, authentically me is somebody who really is by nature of service and a healer and born this way. And you can't get around being a teacher once you're, I mean, it's, it's even like in my numerological path, I'm like a, my, I don't know what my number is. I can't remember, but I'm definitely like the teacher archetype and you can't really get away from that kind of stuff as an intuitive and an empath. So I'm just being smarter now about how I'm using my time and energy and, and so that I don't go into burnout and I'm, I'm for the first time putting myself first, as opposed to everybody else's healing and needs and things like that. But it's been a big journey. So that's where I, that's how we got to where we are today. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, you have a very interesting life, lady. Yes. <laughs> very it's interesting. Wild. Yeah. And <laughs> You know, speaking of of why pe why certain people come into our lives and for a specific reason, like I would say that in my life, I struggled with self-expression and expression of specifically, you know, my anger and my um, all of those things. And, and of course, find that to be, you know, part of my purpose of like, this is what I help people with to express themselves. And like through my own expression, I also can um, support people. So I'm curious, like all these things that, you know, all these tragedies that happened to you growing up, like, how did you, did you make peace with them by, by seeing it the same way that I did? 
Mm. Well, I'm still making peace with some things and I, I, and I believe that's, that's part of life. You know, we, we're not done until we're not in the body anymore, forgiving or loving more deeply or, or, or surrendering more to life and to love. And, and I, I, I think most people who work within this space uh, have a similar story where you take the pain, you take the suffering and you, you transmute that and alchemize it into something very beautiful. And I've always really felt that and known to be true that the things that have happened to me in life happened, not just, it sounds cliche, but they have happened for me and not just for me, but for me to serve other people because you know, there's some people like, for example, who I follow and it's like, they're talking about money. I'm like, yeah, but like, you didn't have the struggle. I can't like really, I get it. God bless you. It's awesome that you have all this information, but it doesn't really resonate with me because you don't know the path that I, it's like not, you know, it doesn't resonate. Like you couldn't possibly know, you know? And I think that's what the beautiful thing is, is that we get to use our our past as something to stand upon so that we can show people what's possible. And like, I wouldn't take a single thing back from my life. I have not a single regret. I have not a single moment or anything that's happened to me that I would say, no, take that back. I, I wish it, not that I wanted it to happen, to be clear, but I'm, I'm grateful that I've had the opportunity to overcome so many things because as I've continued to overcome things, I've really just come to learn that, that, you know, I'm capable and I'm able and that these people who've come along my path have been there to help me to see something more. And usually that something more is that I deserve better that I'm worthy of more, that I'm worthy of receiving better relationships, mm-hmm. that clarifying my values and my needs, and especially in romantic relationships, that's wow. a huge thing. Yeah, I can highly, I can so, so relate to that. It's like, I've, it's like once I've put up with something and then felt the pain of putting up with it is when I can realize, oh, wow, that didn't feel good. Um, and so it's not about like making myself wrong for that, but actually just noticing, okay, this is what I learned and this is what I'm taking on to this next relationship. Yes. And when you can take full responsibility of what you do with the information, because at the end of the day, how people reflect back to you, your engagement, your, your relationships, if you're able to take full responsibility of how you respond to that, and how much grace you can have for yourself and another person along the way and compassion and understanding. I mean, then you're like mastering life, you know, that's what life yeah. mastery is. It's not because then you're taking yourself out of a victim role and saying, you know what? I, that happened. That fucking sucked. I hate that that happened. I would never want that to happen to me. Okay. Now what? Now, now what can I do with that information that I've received? Do I keep going back to the same behavior to the same type of dude who's, who's basically like in a different skin suit, same guy, same behavioral patterns, but he looks a little different. Am I going to learn this time? Or am I going to just keep going on with that and then blame him for being a ghost or blame him for not get, you know, showing up for my needs. It's like, it's a huge task to take on, but it's a hundred and 10% worth it because that's when you start to align with people who 
are really what you want, but you have to be the one who takes that responsibility to say, there's a reason I called this kind of a relationship in. There must be something for me to learn in this. I'm going to take advantage if I'm still receiving this, either I'm being tested or I haven't learned the lesson yet. I haven't quite stepped into that, like whatever it is that I needed to learn and you're not being punished. I think, I mean, I'll speak to myself. I felt like I was being punished in relationships Mm -hmm. that I had a curse that it was karma. I was never going to find love. It's all men are like this, blah, blah. No, like that's me being a victim. That's not an empowered state of state of being or state of mind to be in. And you just keep attracting more guys who are going to remind you, oh, you don't want, you're, you're a victim. Oh, you're not empowered. Okay. Here, here's the proof. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the hardest thing for me and for what I, from what I've seen is being able to see something as a lesson without seeing it as something bad. Um, and right, like that's the biggest thing is like meeting lessons with lightness, meeting lessons with curiosity and not seeing like, oh no, like I'm so bad and wrong. I keep attracting this or, oh no, um, I don't love myself. So this is why this is happening. Um, yeah, being able to say like, oh yeah, this is just reflecting my self-love and not fall into victim is so tough. Yes. Well, and I think this is where science is a beautiful bridge between this kind of stuff and and our spiritual path so that we don't have to beat up on ourselves. It's like the way that information and trauma processes through the brain is like you're not it's it's literally your animal side of you is is just respond or reacting in a way to keep you safe. All of this stuff, even if it's an abusive relationship, you are somehow responding in a way that's making you feel safe because it's a known, because it's somehow comfortable for you. That can be very confusing for people because they're like, no, but I want this. Yes, consciously you want that. But the way that your subconscious works and in in accordance with your brain and how information moves through the brain and trauma moves through the nervous system and how that processes, well, it's not so cut and dry. You get hijacked by chemistry. You don't get a fair shot unless you are ultra aware and ultra conscious. And guess what? That's not easy. And if it was, everybody would be doing it and all of us would be healed, but it's not an easy task because you have to be really, really aware of your thought patterns, your behavioral patterns, what you're doing, how your body is feeling, being acutely aware of the signals that your body is sending to you. And most of the time we're so distracted that we can't even do that. Meanwhile, our brain is like in a pattern of way of thinking. And this is how I'm going to go about doing this thing. This is, this is just what's firing in the brain right now. So you can give yourself a break because honestly, it's not that you don't have control of it. It's just that you don't have if you're not conscious, you can't have control of it. So people literally cannot do better if they don't know better. And we haven't been taught like, yeah, it's just, it's not exactly what they teach us how to do. No, you're not taught in school. You're taught a bunch of bullshit that you're never going to use in school. You're not taught how to relate consciously. You're not taught how to, to move through the world, how to use your creative gifts, all of these things, how it's not taught. How could one teacher deal with like 30 kids on how to relate. I mean, that's insane. Like that's an insane thing to ask of anybody. 
They're with the kid for the children for how many hours throughout the day and doing their very best to teach like how to share, how to be kind, just the very basics. Forget the nuances of what's happening to everybody, each one of these individual childs who are likely coming from a broken and trauma-filled home. Why would one teacher be able to teach you that? It's like, it's, it's not even realistic. So that's, that's why you get to give yourself a break. That's why you don't have to be a jerk to yourself and why you can be so loving and so compassionate that you're in the same pattern again. And the more that you can do that, give yourself that loving compassion, the more you're going to be able to forgive, the more you're going to see love and compassion for every one of those people who've hurt you in the past, because you're saying, if I'm that wounded, then that person, imagine that they are behaving that way towards me, how hurt they must be without even knowing it. That's that that's horrible. Mm. And then you can send your love to them. You can send your empathy to them. And sometimes it needs to be from a distance. Right. Yeah. But it makes it, it it's, it's a game changer when you, when you start seeing people through that compassionate eye and you don't see them as bad or, or trying to do something bad for you. Um, would you say that actually like on a soul level, we've made soul contracts with people who are meant to help us? Yes, I, I firmly believe in that. I mean, and some of my biggest lessons I knew immediately, like, and then all the cards, <laughs> you know, like, of course I, I get readings done too. And I do readings for myself. Uh-huh. Like it always shows it, you know, it's like, oh, this is a soul contract. This is a soulmate situation. And you can Mm. feel that. And there's the ones that teach you some really hard lessons. And there's ones who teach you some really beautiful ones too. It doesn't just go in that way of the negativity. You know, we definitely have these people who come into our lives that, that help us in a very gentle and loving kind way that love is not meant to be painful. Mm. Like, you know, attachments are painful. Love is not painful. Love, love is authentic, pure, high vibration frequency. That's, that's not painful. Love doesn't hurt. Your attachments and expectations hurt. And people will show you that. Yeah. Wow. Well said. I'm like, oof, that one just like, <laughs> yeah, just landed all over my body. <laughs> uh, and easier oh said goodness. than done. Listen, it's, it's easier said than done. And that's the other thing. It's, it's easy to listen to people and to listen to podcasts and people who are been doing the work and all the stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I, what I really would love to see more of in, in this world that we're in is less trying to sell the image of, mm-hmm. of this perfect spiritual path and mm-hmm. really showing more authenticity of the messiness of it and how you're not your, and putting yourself on this pedestal. Like I have to be this highly evolved spiritual being all the time. Like it's horrible and it's not real life. And I don't even trust anybody who's like that to be perfect. Oh my gosh. Me either. When someone tells me like, you're never going to feel this again. I'm like, nope. Red flag. Yeah. Break (laughs) free finally. No. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you won't. It's like, it's, yeah. Like, Right. And, and I, and I think we get these tools to like not be stuck in certain things for as long as we did, you know, but, but someone explained it to me, like a spiral staircase where I think we even talked about this, where it's like the spiral staircase and you kind of meet the same point in a different way. Um, Mm -hmm. and with a different consciousness every time. Exactly. And it sounds like, I mean, you, you can talk more about this, but it sounds like even romantic relationships are like that. 
Oh, of course, because there's always going to be the, you're, you're dealing with three beings or three entities in a relationship. There's you, your partner, and then the actual relationship itself as an entity. So by nature, life is going to pull us one way more than the other. Sometimes it's more towards the other. Sometimes it's more towards self. Sometimes it's more towards the relationship, the container of the relationship itself. And sometimes something gets neglected. So how could there not be room forever, forever for growth? There, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's just not, it's just not possible for that not to happen because while they there's the beauty of contentment within things, there's also the the fact of the matter is that if you're on this planet, the nature of this planet is life and growth. And if you're stagnant and you're not growing, you're dying. That's basically how living life is here on this planet. It, it's just what this place is. And you can see that in people. And, and, and you can be in the most remarkable, earth-shatteringly beautiful relationships. And you can be in some of the most horrible ones at the same also not at the same time but also mm. and that is literally a choice on on which direction you want to go and and it's like hey am i going to be growing yes will my partner be grow do does my partner want to grow yes okay great that's a great start will we be growing at the same rate absolutely not will sometimes i be the left, less evolved partner in one area sure as hell will be how about them yep they will too. So it's a matter of grace and leading by example. And that takes a lot of, of, of understanding and compassion and all these things we're talking about. And that doesn't end because there is no end to how deep you can love somebody, to how deep the relationship can go, to how intimate the relationship could really be. There's people who are together for 70 years, 50 years and have no intimacy they don't even yeah. know each other intimately. And I'm not talking about sexually. I'm talking about like a deep understanding of that person's mind and, and their emotion. And, and that happens mostly because the person doesn't understand themselves. So mm. how could we expect somebody else to understand us if we don't always understand ourselves? It's mm. an impossible task to put on somebody. However, you can certainly do enough work on yourself where you allow people in enough to really help to see you in the times you cannot see yourself and you don't trust in yourself, you don't believe in yourself. And that's the beauty of relationship is these people who you surround yourself with are paramount to your growth and your development. And if they're not helping that and they're not adding to that in your life, it's time to reevaluate. Why am I allowing people like this into my life? What is that actually about for me? Am I really like that lonely? Am I that scared to be by myself? What does that actually mean for me that I'm I'm tolerating somebody who doesn't support my growth and my development? Right. What does that say about me? Mm-hmm. How do I go forward with people who are going to be supportive and loving and and really nurturing to to uh, to me uh, to myself as much as I am to myself? They will be to me as much as I am to me, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. 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 I found it really helpful to start seeing all of my relationships as as mirrors of my own. And 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 I and like 
seeing the the kind of like the end goal like my own self-love you know mm -hmm. um like these relationships are going to teach me how to love myself more or are going to show me where i'm not loving myself or where i'm not being my truest expression of myself mm. Beautiful. Yes. And I would like to debunk one of the things that you hear a lot in this, this world of spiritual and personal development is that, oh, yes, you, you can't love your, what do they say? You, oh, you can't love somebody love if someone. you can't love yourself, uh -huh. right? Is that the, the, bullshit, bullshit, <laughs> bullshit, bullshit. This is yeah. not, this is like a, such a terrible thing that I think holds so many people back from getting into relationships this is commitment phobe they're like oh i'm not ready i'm not sealed enough i'm not no baby that's not true here is what the truth of that is you will only be able to receive the amount of love that you have for yourself giving love is different how much you can receive from another is at the same level that you love yourself you will never believe the person when they say you're beautiful or how talented they are or how sexy you look without your clothes on or whatever it is. You will not be able to hear it or take that in and receive that to be true if you do not feel that within yourself. Right. You can love somebody far more than you can love yourself, far more. Mm -hmm. And many, many people do. They invest more of their energy and their love into other people than they do themselves because that's an easier task. <laughs> Yeah, that's very, oh my gosh, you hit it on the nail. And I, and I, I also think like, even, even I was kind of in this place where it's like, then being in the space of, oh no, I'm never going to meet anyone because, um, I haven't, you know, loved myself enough. And, and so then the focus is like, okay, here's, here's what, here's what I find helpful. I find helpful, helpful to think the reason why I want to find someone is to be connected to love, to be in love with myself, to be in the state of love, right? To see where I'm not and learn from that. And so if I'm, if I'm worried about meeting somebody or not meeting someone, then I'm kind of looking at the wrong place in a way, you know, it's like, yeah. it's like, I can actually just keep seeing where I can let more love in or, or where I can love myself more. Mm. Yes. And that's and right. I think. Back yeah. To you. yeah, mm -hmm. that's exactly correct. Because that's romantic relationships, I believe, are one of the greatest devices for healing. And if you really have a, a another conscious partner or somebody who's really, you know, willing to do that work is the amount of healing and the depth of healing that can happen within that container of a romantic relationship is far beyond anything that you could do on your own. We're not meant to do everything on our own. We're not meant to do our whole healing journey on our own. That's nobody can do it for you to be clear, because I know there's some people who are very codependent and need everybody to do stuff. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you needing to take ownership and responsibility for your healing and allowing other people to be close enough into your life to support that healing. And that is very, very scary for a lot of people because what if they knew who I really was? Mm. They're going to run away. They're not going to love me. They're going to judge me. They're going to think poorly of me. They're not going to like me anymore. They're going to, whatever those stories are behind it that most people have in being fully authentically themselves. And it doesn't mean just go around being an asshole and don't be, you know, 
you know, acting like you could do whatever you want because love me or leave me kind of thing. Like, no, that's, that's not the, that's not the same approach, right? It's, it's about how do we come into a relationship with somebody and on a way that we're both providing safety and protecting one another's emotions so that they are safe to express Hmm. their emotions in a mindful way that agreements can become, can be spoken about and, and worked through so that when you're getting really triggered and you're angry and your nervous system is taken over, like I was talking about earlier, and you really cannot consciously have a conversation, you could say, I have to leave for at least a half an hour, please. I will be back. I cannot talk to you consciously. I can feel I'm sweating. I can feel my tension in my body. This is not going to go anywhere good. I cannot consciously relate with you right now. And then you have the trust in one another that you're going to come back after as much time as needed and then consciously talk these things out and, and, and plan these conversations and plan for this stuff. Please don't get it confused that everything in your life is going to become better when you're in a relationship. Oh, if Mm -hmm. I just had love, if I no, it's going to be hard. It's going to be challenging Mm -hmm. because you're, you're dealing, like I said, with these three different entities and different beings that need to be nurtured and nourished. Your task is much greater than it was when it was just Mm -hmm. you. It's not an easy thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was just going to say the way that I've seen it in my life is like, if I'm so sad about not being in a relationship, then there's something in my life that's making me sad. Mm. Yes, girl. Yes. And I I really believe that in our culture today is that people do not have the staying power. People do not have the commitment to just ride it out as soon as something goes not the way that they like. Like, not everything is a red flag, okay? Like, listen, I know some of us have had a lot of trauma and some of us have been really unaware of the red flags, but there's got to be a certain point where you can trust yourself enough because you've done enough therapies, you've done enough healing work that not everything is a red flag, (laughs) that another human being gets to be a human being, right? I think that's like, I think that's where it's, it's like a balance between, okay, like for example, like, like I, this last New Year's, I had this beautiful connection with somebody where, where, yeah, we just, we connected, we spent the day together, we spent the night together. And then the next day he completely changed his personality and was not available for me. And it really, really hurt. And it's like this balance of, of just being with what life is providing for me, being with it, allowing the feelings and being like, this is what happened. And, and it's, it's just kind of seeing it with like a neutral standpoint, you know? Mm-hmm. And then being like, all right, well, what, you know, how did I, how did I um, contribute to this happening? And so it's, it's kind of the same thing of like, like you, you're saying with the red flags of, of being with what is and not being so scared of being hurt, not being so scared of being rejected. And then also getting curious around how you're creating it, right? It's a little bit of both of like, it's not yeah. judging the situation as wrong or not judging it as they shouldn't happen to me. Mm-hmm. And then also, also getting curious to have it not happen again, which is such a, it's like, again, another one of those lifetime, lifetime tasks. Yeah, no, it definitely is. And I think there's a, there's a couple things to that. It's like, I think for one, 
I will, I will say I'm a sex positive person. I don't think there's a right or wrong time to start having sex with somebody first night, first date, whatever. I don't think it matters. However, what wisdom has shown me is that my chemistry overrides my consciousness and I over invest because of the chemical response I'm getting from having sex with somebody. And I don't necessarily notice all the things that I might notice if I took things a little slower. This has been a a learning process for me. Yes. And, and from that as well, there's like a couple of things there when you're first meeting somebody, they should be like best behavior. You know what I mean? So you can pretty much guarantee that when somebody is flaky, I'll use my own personal example. I'm somebody I dated last year. After our first date, we we didn't like hook up on, we were like messing around a little on the first night. He spent the night, but we didn't have sex. And, and the next day he's like, oh, I just want to stay here, but I have this thing to do. And like, I'll call you later and maybe I can come back over later. We just got along so well, you know, like we really had a great, great time together. And I was like, yeah, great. And then he never called me. So then the next day I sent him a message and I was like, hey, I just wanted to let you know that, you know, unless something like really serious happened. Like, that's not my vibe. You said you were going to call me back. You didn't. And, you know, I don't really, really appreciate that lack of integrity. He's like, no, I'm sorry. I had all of this stuff to do and I completely whatever. And I let that behavior slide the first time. Looking back, would I do that again? No, because Mm -hmm. how did the relationship end? He, we were talking on the phone he was in Paris. He's like, I have, have a bar of chocolate for you in my hand. He was on his way back to Mexico. And he's like, I have this chocolate for you. And some other things that he had like gotten me apparently that he hadn't given to me yet. And then I never heard from him again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I'm like, so well, not I'm totally not surprising. Surprised. Yeah. Uh-huh, not exactly. surprised. I allowed his, and that behavior continued for three months you know, of him, I'll call you back. And then he didn't. And I tolerated this because I was like, well, okay, I'm trying to like loosen up a little bit, maybe be like more understanding. No, here's the thing. Like at this point, what happened, and I'm so grateful he came into my life. And that was such a loud, like, oof, you know, like that really hurt, like that, that had happened, you know, like I really, we really loved talking to each other. We really had a great connection. But it got me very clear on my values of what is important to me. Integrity is like a number one. I would never do that to another person. I find that to be the least attractive quality of a person is when they don't do what they say they're going to do. Mm -hmm. And they don't show up when they say they're going to show up. It's not my vibe. And I'm not judging anybody. Everybody has character flaws, myself included, that are unsavory. This just happens to get, it got me very clear. He also couldn't be who he wanted to be because his career, he thought he had to appear a certain way to the world. And I thought, how fucking terrible that you can't just be who you are. Like authenticity, courage. You don't have the courage to just tell me you don't want to date me anymore. Well, then you certainly don't have the courage to walk by my side in life because I take a lot of risks in life. And I get a lot of rewards from that as well. And these things 
were like blatantly blaring. Like this person does not have the values. You can have the spiritual connection, the intellectual connection, the sexual connection, but if the core values aren't matching, then that's it. And from that point, I was like, okay, like this at the very beginning, I went out in a, like a, a couple of dates with this other guy and he said he was going to call me, didn't call me that day. And then the next day he's like, okay, like we're going to go to the mountain tomorrow. I was like, no, like, like in my, what, what changed for me is like, I already used every free pass that I had. Every man in the past has taken the free pass, right? That says, oh no, I'll let this slide. Oh no, that's okay this time. Oh, maybe he was busy. No, I don't, I I can't do that anymore. You have to earn the passes now, right? Mm -hmm. That's what wisdom says. It says, I see this as a red flag because this has happened several times. I got tested immediately after with this guy and I just beautiful wrote him a very beautiful letter, you know, text that said your romantic interests are better with somebody who doesn't mind words and actions not aligning. This is the Ooh. most important thing to me. So I just wish you really well. And God bless. I hope everything goes well for you. I really did enjoy getting to know you, but I, I see that we're not a good pair. And I hope all the best for you. Boom. The universe is like, is she stupid still? Let's check. Uh-huh. And I'm like, nope, I passed that test. Okay, I passed right. that test. And I don't have free passes. If you're not on your best behavior in the beginning, you're just literally that way. Like if somebody is acting in a, they're an asshole to the waiter on your first date. Like they're an asshole to everybody. They're going to be an asshole to you. Don't, don't get that confused between your red flags and like giving people too many handouts. Yes. You don't want to be like a stone wall against stuff. And there has to be some leeway. Hey, I'm so sorry. It's I'm, I'm on my way, but we like literally just got in traffic. I'm 15 minutes late. Fine. Shit happens. Right. But you mm-hmm. called, you said something, you did the thing. Are you habitually late? And I hate that. And I don't feel like you're valuing my time. And then it's like, that's something different, right? You have to really pay attention to people and their behavior, which is why yeah. you observe more. Right. Well, I, you know, and, and like going back to, to what we were talking about in the beginning, it's like, I also think it's important to notice how do you respond to that, right? Like, do you not speak up and share that that's bothering you? Do you enable? Do you think, do you say, oh, it's okay, right? Because that's that's what these relationships are going to show you most of all, right? It's mm-hmm. like we call in specific people with specific patterns that will shine a light on our patterns mm. and yes. where we're abandoning ourselves. Yep. And honestly, it's been a game changer for me in relationship is just using every relationship. And I'll say this, everything's relationship, whether you're sleeping with the person and that's your vibe with the person, whether you're just starting to date, you've been dating for a while, you're in a committed relationship. It's all relationship at the end of the day. Amen. Varying degrees of depth and commitment. That's it. But like that's, oh, I don't want to be in a relationship. Sorry. Can't get around it if you're going into anything romantic. Wow, that is it's so true. Yeah, especially right? now, like, especially now that we have like the person <laughs> we just we only sleep with, the person that yes. we see on vacation, the person. Yeah, totally. And I use every single one of these as an opportunity. I used to be like, no, I'm not going to be vulnerable because they're not, you know, they don't deserve my vulnerability. No, I use every date, every person as an opportunity to practice. What are my values? Are these your values? These are, this is what I need. Are you able to do that? This is, this is 
this is my boundary. I'm practicing these things with how do I communicate more consciously with people? I practice with every single person that I date because what are you going to do? You're going to wait for the right person to dump all your shit that you haven't practiced on? <laughs> no. That's so you true. And the way. Yeah. And there's there's just That's- certain things that we're like that we've created so much fear around. Like I think clarity yeah. is one of them. Clarity is yes. one of them and emotional expression is another. Mm. And so I love that you're saying like, we're talking about human relationships here. We're not talking about the romantic one or the casual one. It's like, how, how do you want your relationships to be? How do you want the quality of your relationships to be? Do you want there to be clarity in them or do you want to be really fucking confused? Right. And the problem is people do not, they're not clear and honest with themselves and they can't be clear and honest with another person. And that's why things don't work out. You have to be able to give people an opportunity as well to respond to what your needs are or to what your vulnerability is. That's how you figure out if they are going to be somebody who has the staying power to be in a relationship. Yeah, You know, like you, you have to just go for it. Like you, there's, there's literally no other way. Like you'll, you're going to keep in the same pattern and you're going to keep lacking in depth in relationship if you're not willing to express yourself in a relationship. And it's scary at first because, again, of all of those judgments. Well, what if they don't like me? Well, what if I, what if I tell them this is what I need or what I value and they don't? Well, guess what, baby? That is not the right person for you. God bless mm-hmm. them and let them go upon their way so they can find somebody who aligns with their values and their needs as well. We have a huge scarcity consciousness around relationships. And well, I will certainly say the pool, there's not plenty of fish in the sea when you evolve yeah, I love when you say that. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is not. I'm sorry. It's hard to hear, but there's not plenty of fish in the sea. It's a small pool you're swimming in, but damn, those are some great catches. And you don't want to, yeah. you don't, want to waste your time with the people who are just going to bore you or you're not really like aligned with what you need or, or any of those things you can give, please give everybody a chance and don't just say, Oh, nope. I didn't feel that immediate chemical thing with them. Well, maybe that's a trauma bond that you're used to heal feeling. Maybe that's something you need to work on. Maybe the chemistry builds a little bit more of the time. Maybe it's not there. But guess what? Just having like one date with somebody, you usually can't tell unless you like really can tell, which also happens. Mm -hmm. I don't want to take away from Mm -hmm. that. But I just do think that people nowadays in this swiping culture and everything's moving so quickly, everybody seems to be so disposable. People are horrible with communication and getting back. It's like, it's unreal. Or just mm. showing up and doing it, it. It's like the. It's just where we're at in these times. So it takes a lot of extra effort on your part to to navigate through this this world of love and relationship yeah. because we haven't been taught. Yeah, and in a way, it's like empowering because it's in our hands and we can. It's it's up to us and the possibilities are endless. And then at the same time, yeah, it's a, it's a little scary and we're, we're kind of like. I always say like, damn, our generation has been picked, you know, for, for this transition period of creating conscious relationships. Yeah. I really think so. Times are confusing, but then it also means that there's so much possibility. Yeah. Well, if it's confusing, that means that you need more clarity. And if you have your own clarity, I am so crystal clear. I, like 
I am just so clear. And it's because of all of these relationships I've been in in the past. That dude, I had so much resentment towards him. I finally just let it go during a massage. It's been like wow. six months because I never yeah. got to close it out. Right. And, and usually I would have in the past and I was like, no, I don't even need to say anything. And normally I would have said something just for me and I didn't. And that I think stuck with me that I didn't get to just express myself and let him know what I had felt. Mm-hmm. And I was hanging on to so much resentment. And I was like, you know what? How sad for a person who's so avoided, like that they can't actually let love in that they, that yeah. they, that's how that they, that is how, how their life is. That cannot be yeah. an easy thing. I think, especially as a man to not have courage and integrity is like two of the worst things for a man to have to deal with and work through. And I just fell into this compassion. I was like, wow, that sucks. Like that just shows how he feels about himself or his level of self-respect and confidence. And that really sucks because he's really actually a beautiful man. And I hope that that changes for him at some point in time. And he mm-hmm. respects himself enough and values himself enough to, to be able to have hard conversations and not to run away and to let more love in. I hope that for him. Oh. But man, that took a yeah. minute. It took yeah, a minute. You're, but you're naming something that's beautiful, which is, you know, seeing anything that isn't obviously love as a lack of love, you know? And, and when you can really see it that way, it's easier to separate yourself from a situation and to not take things personally. And then also, yeah, just see for yourself. Okay. Well, maybe I I don't want to be in a relationship with someone that like is so, you know, incapable of feeling love for themselves right now in that way. But I, what I'm really getting just, you know, from talking, is just like, be with what is in your life and, and see it as a learning thing. Right. Cause it's, for anyone who's avoiding being in a relationship, for anyone who's making themselves wrong for their patterns or um, afraid of of things happening, it's like there are, we, we can all take that leap of jumping in, facing what happens and, and taking the lesson from it, right? And that's, yes. at least, that's, I'm, it's, it, this conversation is a reminder for me that that this is a learning process to being in this, in this planet, right? That even- Oh my God. Even in the business world, it's like I'm right now learning how to go for it. And if I mess up, like, okay, great. I got to learn. And and it doesn't mean stop. Right. No, yeah. That's I think that's that's the greatest thing that we can do is really to just see it all as information. What do we do with the information that we are seeing in front of us? Yeah. Do we continue yeah, I down think- the path or not? Right. Cause I think, you know, it, you, you named it a couple of times, like the spiritual personal development world is in a way trying to like cut that out and be like, here's how you can avoid the learning process. Yeah. Fast track it. Well, that's not life. You know, you, when, you know, when will this lesson be over when it is? <laughs> like, yes. That's it. Oh, like, oh my God. I love that. Yeah. I sorry. Love, love that. <laughs> Uh-huh. And that's the funny thing about the cards too, right? As people, I, I understand that people come to me for answers and like, I, you know, I believe that we, we do a good job of channeling everything when we're together, but there's also some things that's like, you're not supposed to know this, you know, like 
that would that would actually hinder your growth. It would hinder your growth and your development if you were holding out hope. If I told you this guy's coming back, right? Like mm. you're you're meant to learn something in it, and that's that's the beauty of presence. That's the beauty of just not looking too far into the future. What is this trying to show me? How yeah. can is this leading me to more love? Those are empowering questions. How is in the relationship? It's shitty. It's a horrible feeling. How is this leading me to a little more love? Whether you're saying it to yourself, your own mind, because you start creatively thinking then if you believe in a higher power, God, universe, spirit, how is this leading me to more love? How Mm. is this situation leading me to more love and compassion Mm. and understanding? Right. Even the pain, even the hurt. Yeah, that's what a beautiful way of putting it because then it's not about like, am I meant to be with this person or not? Cause like, I have a feeling that souls don't speak that way. <laughs> or at least like in the soul world, it's not about that. It's like, yeah, maybe this person is meant to be in your life and not in the way that you think. Like maybe they're meant to cause pain and so that you do let in more love in that way, right? Like, I, yes. yeah, I just recently, it just, it just hit me, you know, like, Wow, some people are gonna break my heart so that my heart opens. Yep. Sometimes you need to. It's it's like all things in life. I think some. It, it's like we have to go along the journey. We think we're trying to get to this this main destination, which is like love, right? Like I'm trying to get a, a relationship. Yes. I want this loving, perfect, beautiful relationship. It's like okay, great. But the problem with our society is everything is tra- is so fast tracked that we forget that it's really not about that. You have to become something to get to that point. It's very yeah. rare in or in- out of a relationship. Yeah. Yes. In any aspect of life. I've been at this thing for a while. And what I can say mm-hmm. and and helping a lot of people in the, in my career. Mm-hmm. And I have seen very few people have spontaneous healings like or spontaneous whatever it is it doesn't really happen much so it's possible but it's not really what this place is for you're in a planet of duality there's not really a right or wrong or anything like that happening here there's simply how you're viewing what's happening again it's all information what am I doing with the information that's in, in front of me? And when you can sit back a little bit and observe and just say, okay, I don't like where this is going. I'm feeling a lot of emotion. I don't like the emotion I'm going to feel. This emotion is not going to happen forever. It's mm-hmm. None of this is going to last forever. It's a beautiful tool when something horrible is happening to say, this won't last forever. And when the most epic moment of your life is happening to stop in the middle of it and just say, this feeling won't last forever. Yeah. It's such a beautiful thing because that's what we're not here to experience one linear way of feeling. That's not what human emotion is. That's not what this planet is. We're here to go through challenge and solution, growth and development, transformation, rebirth, death, rebirth, the whole thing. That's what this whole place is for. And we get kind of confused about it because everything is so instant and fast paced and fake. Now we don't Mm -hmm. even know it's real anymore. 
That's that so we true. forget our humanity. That like we are still human, regardless of how much AI is coming in and all of this. Guess what? You're still in a human embodiment right now. So like you still have to acknowledge all of the emotions that you're happening. You're not a robot. You're going to feel the highs and lows of life. And it doesn't happen on your timing. Sorry, baby. That's not the way it works. But you can also get support and you can move through things at a quicker rate. And that's what growth is. It's not about perfection in life. Mastery is about having the natural ebbs and flows and ups and downs of life and just not staying in those low vibrations as long and not buying into them as much and recalibrating your energy and then getting back out there and re-elevating yourself. And then maybe you go back down and then you know what? It doesn't last as long next time. Mm-hmm. That's what mastery is. It's not about being this perfect angelic state all of the time. And that's not how your relationships are going to be either. So please mm-hmm. don't put that pressure on your partners. Don't put that pressure on yourself because it's literally not possible. Mm. Or meant to be that way. Yeah. Nor meant to be. Yeah. I um so as we're wrapping up, I just want to say, yeah, for me, you know, as someone who was so afraid of intimacy, it, it felt like now that I'm not, as you know, at least obviously to the same degree, I'm like, okay, great. I've done all this work on myself and now I'm ready and now I'm gonna be in a beautiful relationship. And it's like, nope, I still gotta learn all the things that I've been avoiding to learn. <laughs> Yes, and the relationship will show you that. It's a funny cosmic joke that I'm living in right now, but I, yeah, it's it's nice to like have the tools to embrace it and not like you said, like attachment is what creates suffering, and so even you know you just need attachment to emotion, attachment to situations, just practicing being in that state of love and 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 letting things pass. Yeah, and and not expecting that you should know how to do that all on your own either. I mean, it's it's crazy to think that and. While each relationship is unique and different, you know, there definitely are people who have figured out some things more than others. And I would just encourage everybody out there, if you're really thinking about getting into a relationship with somebody, to immediately start coaching, relationship coaching, therapy with the person, come up with strategy for your relationship like you would a business, like you would anything else in life. You would plan things out because hey we might run into some of these roadblocks so what are we going to do what are how are we going to be prepared for this stuff don't wait until it's too late which is what most people do to go to therapy or to get some outside support that's not i mean you need sometimes a unbiased opinion about what's going on and resources and tools of somebody who's a professional to help you to figure this kind of stuff out I think it's a, such a beautiful way. For me, this is a non-negotiable for my next relationship. Like, you're serious about dating me? Great. You're going to invest in our relationship coaching then. That's, mm. that's You want to be in a relationship mm-hmm. with me? That's that's the buy-in. Yeah. Love that. And then figure it out if that works or not for you to actually be in a relationship with that person. Right. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, yes, well, ma'am. Mary, thank you so much for your time. Oh, and. You. And your love and your generosity. It's always oh so lovely to, to talk to you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's been a while since I've done a podcast interview. I was so excited. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, this is, I, I feel like this is where you shine, you know, so yeah. I'm, I'm glad to have provided a, um, a stage for you. Thank you. <laughs> Never anything that you want to, <laughs> anything that you want to share, um, or any invitations that you have for my audience? Uh, sure. I am yoga surf love on Instagram. You guys can follow me there. I am on there often. Don't be shy to actually say hello and <laughs> ping me, um, and send a little DM. Um, obviously tarot readings are there and I think just, you know, I just, just be an encouraging, um, voice to say, keep, keep going for more love and, and don't, don't settle for anything other than what you truly desire all the while knowing that there's no perfect person out there, including yourself <laughs> and to have yeah. grace along the way. That's, that's, mm. that would be my parting gift. <laughs> Just that. <laughs> Just that. Beautiful. Thank you. All right, my love. Thank you. What's up guys. Mary wanted me to let you know that she's offering an 11% discount to anyone that books off of this podcast episode. Um, anyone that books a tarot reading, let me tell you, they've been so helpful for me and so accurate. It's insane. Like the level of accuracy and detail that she uses in these readings. And what I love about them is that they're, um, they help you grow and evolve. They're not, you know, as they're not the kind of readings that are going to be used for prediction, but more to see, you know, why life is bringing you certain situations. What is there to learn? What's the best way to face what you're going through right now? So highly recommend it. And you can find the link in the description of this podcast episode, or you can always go to her Instagram account, which is yoga surf love and just ask her, um, let her know that you heard her on this podcast and you'd like to book a session with her.